0: you know, success is a wonderful thing. But that, that rapport is even more important. It really is that combination of those four pieces, you know, which is the physical, the under, mental understanding, the mind-body connection, and then the emotion. And to be a real coach, I think it's really understanding the, what the needs are.
1: Hey, everyone, I'm Pama Jumdar, and you're listening to Better Late, the podcast about adult gymnastics. If you haven't heard, Better Late is co-hosting a meet in June. We're bringing you Just Flip with My Gym Judge, where you can compete in one or all four women's artistic events or do an exhibition of skills for feedback only. The meet will be judged by Chelsea Memel and Nicole Langevin, and slots are almost gone. Check out the show notes for more info. I've made no secret about the frustrations I've felt with gymnastics coaching and instruction. It seems like if you aren't on the obvious elite track, you can forget about getting appropriate training or adequate time in the gym. Well, there's an exception to every rule, and I'm so excited to have met one of them. Michelle Carhart is owner and coach at Dynamite Gymnastics in Maryland, and her approach to coaching is based on physics, mechanics, and a true belief in the ability of any individual to do what they want to do in gymnastics. Everything is trainable, and great gymnasts can be built, Michelle says. A lot of people say they think that way, but when Michelle says it, I believe it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's awesome. So tell me about your gymnastics journey. How and when did you start coaching? And I guess, I guess, like, also mention like where you are in the world right now so that listeners will know.
0: So I um, have a gym in Rockville, Maryland, uh, which is about, it's right outside of DC, um, north of DC. So uh, it's, I, and I've lived there my whole life. So I trained at a gym in, um, Montgomery County as well. It, I started teaching when I quit. So I quit, I had a pretty bad elbow injury, um, that was got to the point that I couldn't, I just, my body was not interested in doing gymnastics anymore. Um, but I still absolutely loved the sport. And so I started teaching, uh, when I started teaching, I, I realized pretty quickly, uh, that I wasn't very good at it. Um, I, I, had a couple things that working for me. One was that I was very dynamic and funny, um, would always joke with the kids and they loved that. Uh, and I also could demonstrate, but if kids weren't able to, uh, watch me like a, I was like a YouTube an entertaining YouTube video, they couldn't watch me and learn by themselves, like figure it out themselves. I really couldn't help them. And I think that that started me on a quest to understand what, why I was failing, why why am I not able to teach every child? And I think some people, when I you know early on when I first started, there's kind of a culture, especially if you were a competitive gymnast. There's like an elitism to what because we're able to do things that a lot of people cannot do. And um, so kids would come in, and if they were incredibly untalented, we would just say like, oh, you know, this probably isn't the sport for them. And I think over time, I would meet kids who couldn't do it, but who were so passionate and wanted it so badly that I had to figure out how I could help them, I had to. So. And I wasn't always successful. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh yeah, then I figured it out. No, I'm still learning. <laughs> it's been a long time. And I'm still learning, and I don't always make the mo- the best choices. Sometimes I um, overcorrect. Sometimes I undercorrect. And I think there are what I've learned along the way is there are so many there. There are different aspects to teaching that not everyone ascribes to. Um, but when I think about it, there's the physical aspect in gymnastics where I think some people call it athleticism. I think, uh, I don't call just the physical build athleticism. Um, because I think that you can change that. I think it's, I think that you can build a body, which I've done. I had a girl, uh, who her feet were turned out completely and her shoulders only open to here. Uh, and, but she worked really hard and she loved gymnastics and, she ended up winning level six states. She was amazing. And if people walked in two years after they first saw her, when they first saw her, they would say she's not a gymnast. And two years later, they would say, "That's the perfect gymnast." So it just—I believe that all around gymnastics can be built. All around, it's not—it it can be born. Of course, it can be born. I mean, I had a kid, my. Woo! she just could do a 90 degree arabesque. Like she could just lift her leg up all three splits from the day I met her perfect bridge day. I met her learned a back handspring in two weeks. I mean, she was insane. Uh, giants would learn, you know, basically played around with giants and perfect technique always. Um, and you'll get kids like that, but I don't, I, I think that there's always a little tweaking that needs to be done and some kids just don't have that physical. And then you have the mental aspect, which is, do you understand the mechanics? Do you understand the movement? Do you understand from a theoretical perspective, how the movement informs the next movement? And then on top of that, you have the mind body connection. Now that's what I consider athleticism where you are able to have your body do what you want it to do. And that's trainable too that's trainable too. It takes time, but you can, you can really work on those neural connections and get your body and strengthen its your body's ability to do what you want. That's another piece. And then the final and most challenging piece I find is the emotional component. And that's where fear. Um, and that's where you really get a lot of um, difficult, you know, as a coach, that's the most challenging part is how do you help a child overcome fear um, especially if they've had a spill, um, how do you help them um, learn the importance of work ethic and perseverance? You know, the, all these life skills, those are all emotions. It's all about making yourself feel good and happy, unsuccessful. And also that, that, that also includes team. Like how do you make all the kids feel happy together and, you know, supporting each other? And we had to meet the other. And this is our, our gym has this whole philosophy My whole family works there and we all have the same philosophy. And um, a friend of mine was watching, we had it on Facebook uh, live. And she said, you know, the most amazing thing about the competition was how all the kids cheered for each other. You know, so supportive and happy for each other. When one of them felt, no, it's fine. Come on, you can do it, get back up there. You know, that's part of, that's important. It's really important. So, you know, that's kind of, you know I do believe in all of those aspects can be built. And, um, that's the job of a coach is to build it. And it took, it took, it's, I mean, I'm still not great at it, but getting there, (laughs) getting there.
1: I'm sure you are great at it. (laughs) I'm sure you are the way you talk about it. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask, but the first thing I want to ask is, um, how did you really get to the place where that became your philosophy um, of any, anybody can be built into the perfect gymnast. Was that based on your own experience as a gymnast or, or was that something that came later when you started coaching?
0: Um, I think that there were things that I could do very easily in gymnastics. Uh, I was self-taught. Um, I didn't start till I was 11. I was self taught. Uh, I taught myself an aerial by just running back and forth and kicking harder, <laughs> making it faster until my hands didn't touch, uh, you know, old school style. Uh, and I think there were skills that were very difficult for me to learn, and I didn't have anyone to teach me. And so I really did appreciate the aspect of understanding skills, the mental part, the comprehension, the physics. Um, I, I really appreciated learning that aspect. Um, but I think gymnastics came for the most part pretty easily. It was typically a, it was a physical, um, it, it was typically physical or mental for me. So it wasn't ability. It wasn't an issue of whether I could do it. I just, my body couldn't, or I wouldn't. (laughs) It's just those two things. And I was trained in a gym where, um, you know, there was, there was, it was awesome. I mean, you know, we learned a lot, uh, but there wasn't the emotional, um, there wasn't, there was no interest in, um, as far as I, as far as I could tell, you know, because it was all about getting skills. It was all about moving forward. It was all about achievement. Um, and that's how that, you know, some people, that's how some people coach, but what I realized was without the emotional connection. And I started, like I said, I started out, um, very playful with the kids joking because I didn't know very much about how to teach there, there was no training. It was literally like, you can do gymnastics, therefore you can teach no training. Like I didn't get my first training till I was till probably, um, probably a decade after I started teaching was the first time I ever had any training. So, you know, what really helped me develop that mindset was working with Well, first I had my first team. My first team was a group of um, kids who were rejected from the team that we had. So there was a coach at the gym and he was in charge of level five. And this is back when level five was like the entry level. And um, he refused to take these girls from my classes. And he actually said, this girl, her butt's too big. This girl's going to hit puberty too soon this girl is too soft because he tried he put her an eight year old on a bar and she actually, she was seven and had her hang. And because she couldn't hang for more than a minute, he said her hands were too soft. And so he wouldn't take her. So yeah. Um, God. Well, it happens, right? (laughs) You have different people that are coaching that, uh, you know, that's not what, that's not what their focus is. They're not, their focus isn't on caring. That They're third so one
1: is the craziest to me cuz like she's too soft like maybe her, maybe she has lotion on her hands like you know yeah. what what that's crazy like just one moment in time d- yeah. is determining the entire trajectory of her gymnastics
0: it was all disturbing and and for me um <clears throat> you know, I had been, I had gone through gymnastics when there was a lot of, uh, when, when, when fat shaming, you know, it was like, I feel like it originated in sports, like ballet and gymnastics, unfortunately. And, you know, I was, I think 85 pounds, but always dieting and, you know, in middle school and, um, you know, cause I was dense, but, you know, it, it,
1: you know what? That just reminded me of Michelle. When I was in middle school, this is the early, mid-90s, um, you know, we'd get weighed once a year in PE class. And I kid you not, I remember now that I would always compare myself to the numbers I saw on TV for gymnasts. And so at like in like seventh grade, I'm 4'9", 4'10", and maybe 85 pounds, and I thought I was fat yeah. because cause I would see somebody like Dominique Mochianu who was four, seven. And I was constantly like, Oh my God, like if I hit five feet, like that's the end. And like, you know, knowing and, and like, it's crazy. Like I never took that to dieting, but I was always just like consciously aware of, of, of the, those numbers, even though like, I would never got to the point in the gym where they were weighing me. I mean, but you know those numbers are still like I don't think they do it anymore. It's crazy how they used to have that like on the ticker at like nationals or other meets like they just have the height and the and the weight. I never saw that in any other sport,
0: yeah, except maybe yeah, like wrestling or something where they categorize you by weight, yeah, I mean i I, yeah, I mean, I was that size in in high school. I was four nine, four ten eighty five pounds in high school, <laughs> people were like, did you skip like four grades? <laughs> Cause you look like you're in fifth grade. Um, but it, it is, it is, it is something that you are aware of. Um, because it's, it, you know, what happened, I remember vivid, vividly, there was a, there was a gymnast, um, who was told by a judge, like you would be much better if you could lose some weight. And she became anorexic and eventually she passed away from, from her illness. And it really was a wake-up call in the world of gymnastics, at least I'm sure it was beyond, but that weight, um, y- you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, da- it can be dangerous. It really can be dangerous. And so anyway, I was, you know, I was disgusted uh, by that coach and I saw the looks on the girls' faces. These are girls who were who were passionate, who loved gymnastics. And for them to be told they weren't good enough because of their bodies or their, their strength, like their softness or whatever. Um, I went to my old coach who was the owner and I asked her if I could start a team because I said I'll take them. If no one else will take them, I'll take them. So, I took them and it was funny cuz all the kids that would get rejected, I would take them. I want them. I want all the kids that you won't take. I will take them. If they want it, if they if they want to work and they love the sport and they they really want to um you know, this is what they want. I'm here for them. And so it grew to be 17 girls. Um we did a level 4 which back then was rec. It was kind of different back then. So they did level 4 and they did great. They did so well and they were ready to move up to level 5. Well, there became the problem because uh, we couldn't have two level 5 teams. So I you know, I went to my my you know, my boss and I said, "Hey, you know, they're ready to move up." And she's like, you know, she called me Mickey. She's like, "Mickey, you can't we can't have two, two teams." And and then it's like, well, what's going to happen? They can I can't let them go with him. The guy's a monster, you know, like he'll never accept them. And then what, how does that make them feel all their hard work now they're So I ended up leaving, um, and I'm a pretty loyal person. So for me to leave, it really was because the girls needed to, they, we all needed, you know, they needed to go, um, and I needed to go with them. So we ended up leaving, um, so you all, all- together. Yeah. I'll accept one. The one girl that didn't leave, the reason she didn't leave was because the gym was, um, so she lived with her grandmother and I used to go up and pick her, pick, pick her grandma, her and her grandmother up and take them to practice every day. And because the gym was so much further, I couldn't do that loop anymore. Um, so sadly she kind of got left behind. Um, but I just, I just, I just couldn't, um, make that trek. So anyway, um, so the whole team came, yeah. So all of them except one who couldn't, who would have, who wanted to, but I just couldn't keep. I couldn't drive that far. Um,
1: this was in, um, This was in Maryland at the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Do you remember what
1: year it was?
0: <sighs> what year was it? Um, ninety-five. That was like literally the one I was like
1: circulating in pre-team gosh I wish I'd known like the internet internet really wasn't that big back then I'm like I would have found you (laughs) I would have been like I'm moving to Maryland that's the coach that I need
0: (laughs) well we had yeah we had an amazing time uh you know I'm still in touch with so many um of my former gymnasts and uh you know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it was really a learning experience for all of us. I was a new coach. I was still learning. I wasn't the best at knowing how to, I didn't know the mechanics very well. Um, but man, like I knew how to build flexibility and I you know, we worked on splits a lot. I'm like, you guys all have to have all three splits
1: mm-hmm. we
0: had split boards <laughs> <laughs> like these torture torture devices so it's a board actually my coach's uh dad dad made them i think anyway they're boards that are like this mm-hmm. okay they fold but they have feet so when you open them they're like hyper splits oh wow and they're narrow they're like this narrow they're like a beam so you're doing splits on the yeah hyper splits you know, this is where I kind of had, you know, it didn't all flip at once. Right. So I was still pretty (laughs) aggressively, um, coaching the way that I was coaching with a little baby heart. (laughs) 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 And, um, but you know, there were times that I was frustrated that I couldn't figure out how to teach something, you know, and that's where I really, I, I really started paying more attention to other coaches, watching them, seeing how they solved problems, um, understanding. And when I went to this new gym, the owner was phenomenal. I mean, I, I just absolutely love her. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman. And she um, and she, she took me to all these trainings. I mean, all these trainings went to Congress. I mean, she took me almost every year to Congress. Um, she brought in people uh, to, to, to train us. And I just really started understanding mechanics. And I really started understanding how it all, it just all started clicking for me where, wow, this is how this works. Now, the problem with that is as you get better at coaching and solving problems, your ego gets involved and then it becomes, wow, I can teach this. I can get this girl to do this. And um, you have to always be, I I mean, for me, I think, I I, I think there's nothing wrong with that for some coaches, for me, I always have to check myself. I don't, I don't want to be that, that coach. Um, I never want to coach the highest levels. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be, um, that's not what it is for me, I guess. I, I you know, when I was younger, I went to, I, when I was coaching, my daughter and I went to a, a, co- uh, a training, like a, a, a IGC, which is like international the, the summer camp. And an Olympian was there. Uh, and I'll never forget it because my daughter got to meet her. It was a picture with her. And I said, oh, wow. How'd it go? She's like, it was so confusing. My daughter was young. She was probably seven, And she said it was so confusing because she told us like essentially she didn't have any friends. She wasn't happy gymnastics. Like it was this really sad. And and I don't know if there were adults there. I don't know how it came about, but when you think about it, people take from gymnastics, very different things. And Many people are so happy by their experiences, many, many, many people, and, um, but many people aren't. And I think it comes down to what their needs are. So I'll give you an example. I teach, um, I do a lot of private lessons right now. One little girl, <laughs> all she cares about is being on team. That's it. There is no need to emotionally support her in any way. She, I mean, if I tell her to do something, she does it. There's no helping her through fear. There's no coddling necessary. She literally just is like, "I want to be on team. What do I need to do? You need to do this. This is fine. Like she does it. No complaint. It's crazy. She, she's like, she's, a, she's. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So, and and you'll meet kids like that. And I'm sure at some point she'll get to the point where she needs some emotional support. I haven't seen it. I've been working her for her for a couple of years. Um, then I have another gymnast who all she needs is emotional support, and sometimes I forget because I get so excited about her progress that I forget that without that connection, I am like that is her motivation is me caring about her first, and the rest doesn't mean anything until you have that rapport and have that continuously establishing. So I have to be mindful of starting off, not let's get to work. It's how was your week? You know, Mm -hmm. how are things going? Oh, I didn't sleep. Oh no. Why not? What's going on with you? Conversations that you probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't need to have with some kids with her. You do. And I, and I had a huge boost in learning how to build a rapport first with my first team, cause they needed a lot of that. Um, but also, you know, from my competitive, competitive kids, like you don't need to get push them to be there. Like they're there because they want to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's when you get kids who don't want to be there. <laughs> if you can imagine. Um, and so when I, when I started working with kids with special needs that, was a huge awakening for me because a lot of the kids I worked with didn't even want to be there. And I have to convince them this is like something they want to do. Mm -hmm. And it is really the rapport of working with them and, and making them feel happy. So how can you make them feel happy? Um, by yes, making they, you know, success is a wonderful thing. Um, but so, but that, that rapport is even more important. And so that kind of all has been fortunately for me, lessons that I have learned throughout my journey. And it really is that combination of those four pieces, you know, which is the physical, the under mental understanding, the mind, body connection, and then the emotion that, you know, every kid ha- requires some variation of those four elements. Mm-hmm. And to be a real coach, I think it's really understanding the, what the needs are and really making sure that you are, um, that, 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 that you're meeting those needs. And a lot of the kids that I find, people, adults, who have quit, and are unhappy about their experience it was their emotional needs that weren't being met you're not going to hear oh i didn't learn this so i quit it's i'm afraid so i quit i didn't feel cared about so i quit yeah you know what i mean um or even if it's like even if it's like oh well, i want to you know i will there are kids that are like i'm going into high school and i want to try different things that's amazing that's a great reason to stop mm-hmm but it shouldn't be because you're afraid and it shouldn't be because you're unhappy.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, When you build that emotional rapport or build a rapport. So you understand the emotional needs. Like I'm I'm curious about how, like with the gymnast that you said, doesn't need any emotional support because she doesn't have fear. Like she's like, she's just, she just does it. Um, Like with, for her, well, it, to me, I could be wrong, but it sounds like it might be less obvious that she doesn't need it because maybe she likes talking to you and likes having that well, conversation.
0: She literally doesn't talk. Oh, This oh, is the crazy thing. Oh. Like, I'm like, can you speak? Do you want to do, I'm like, do you want to work on this? She's like, I'm like, words, words, words. Her mom's always there. It's it, it's funny. Like, it's it's not in a bad way. It's like, it's like, hello, are you? Good? <laughs> I hear you today? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so she, she's, she, she is a really awesome kid. Like she's, but very quiet and she just wants to get the skills and she's very beginner. So she, she can't do a walkover. So we work on bridges. We work on straightening her legs. We work on, um, we do trampoline, but she's at a very, it's not like she's doing back handsprings and there's no fear. Like we haven't gotten to a point where there's much to be afraid of, but she'll do these obstacle courses and the blocks are 12 feet off the ground and she has no problem climbing to the top Mm -hmm. and jumping down. And she's literally, you know, like she's teeny, she's four feet high. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: she's, she doesn't have fear yet. So, and she doesn't um, you know, I, I encourage her but I haven't had a situation where I see on her face that she's upset that she's, you know, I'm always looking I'm always paying attention. Um, and her mom's there, you know, joking the whole way. Okay. Well, let's, you know, good, you know, and it's like, good job. It's good job. Or, okay, now try this, try this. It's a little different, but that's, you know, that's just how we do things. And so we'll do strength because she's very weak. Uh, she's very weak. So her seat drop on trampoline, is problematic because she's so weak in her, in her core. So we work on things like that, as simple as that. So it's not like she's, uh, you know, she's not even at the level where she can be on pre-team yet, but she wants to go to team. Uh, She wants to compete. Um, So I think that's why, so you also have to think about like, where are they? But I've had children, you know, I did private lessons. I did lessons with this girl who had vision problems. So she, couldn't her depth perception was so off that if she was off a block this high to her, it would look really high. So she couldn't gauge distance. And so her mother brought her to me because she was afraid of, um, her mother said she took gymnastics. She, she put her in gymnastics. She was six and the teacher put her on a bar to hang and she screamed and freaked out and she wouldn't go back. Um, yeah. So, That's more the type of, that's more the type of issue that I want to figure out what's going on. Why are you terrified? And so it turned out that she didn't feel comfortable being off the ground because she couldn't gauge where she was, Mm. didn't feel safe. And so it was a huge process of figuring that out. Um, But man, now, oh my gosh. She, I don't work with her anymore. I, she, she, you know, I, 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 at a certain point you want to switch instructors because you want different people to have input. Um, and so, but she'll jump off. Of, I mean, before she, she was still with me and she would jump off a block like four feet high taller than her. Cause she was teeny. I mean, mm-hmm. she was really small <laughs> and um, she'll do pullovers on bars, forward rolls on bars. This is nothing. She wouldn't even touch a bar. So but it was a process of un- really taking the time to understand why. Why are you afraid of this seemingly for you and me? It's nothing. And, and, and that's, that, is a, that is an element that it took me a really long time. And that is another skill in and of itself, is trying to problem solve for the whys. Like, why are you scared? Um, and that's that, you know, fear, what, what I find is also, it's really one of my kind of like tricks. Um, if I have a kid who I'm having a hard time bonding with, particularly children with special needs who are having a hard time bonding with me, um, I put them up on a block. <laughs> so I put them up on a block and they're like, help me. And then they need me, <laughs> Uh uh-huh. but that helps them learn to need people if they're on the spectrum and they're not used to that connection with people. Mm-hmm. And and you you teach them to use you. So I will use my arms to make a ladder. There's no step. I'm the step. You need me to get up. So I put my knee down. They can do would you like to use my knee? Yes. You can use my knee. Would you like to use my arm? You may use my arm. So they're forced to rely on me to get what they want. And that's a bigger context of how mm-hmm. Humanity works, or should work, and so it's this small little um, exercise to to you know change, hopefully change the way that they see other people, to develop that social, um, you know that that social need that I think makes people happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's super interesting because I don't remember ever having experience when I was young where it felt like you were supposed to need your coach like that was a good thing because of course my recreational journey as a gymnast as a kid was definitely kind of similar to the the gym that you first mentioned uh except there wasn't a place for like rejects <laughs> to go <laughs> no. so we were just kept in pre-team forever unless there somebody's parents like mine were like hey like How come, like, she really wants to move up. How come she's not? Like, what are the skills keeping her? And for me, it was like, oh, well, she's over 10 years old. So she never had a chance. Because I started when I was after 10, when I was 11 at that gym. But I always, just my memories of doing gymnastics as a kid were, you know, the like, I felt like a burden to the coach. Like, that exercise you just mentioned of, and obviously, like, I, you know, I was old enough and didn't necessarily need that level of walking you through it. But I mean, in a sense, I wish I had been taken through that type of drill because like I said, it was like, okay, let's just focus and try to learn the skill as much as you can from the, the verbal description of it, or maybe another gymnast um, doing it. And then like the coach is kind of seen as like a crutch, like the last resort, like, okay, if so I have to spot you or catch you like, but it wasn't seen like as a good thing, like needing spotting, even at that level of like, you're not going to go anywhere anyway. But I'm like, l- looking back retrospectively, it was like, spotting was like something you
0: didn't aspire to be, to need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that spotting I love spotting. I mean, the hardest part, I teach a lot of zoom classes and I, the hardest part, the hardest part is not being there and not spotting and not, I'm so sensory and I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I collect so much information of emotional I look at faces very carefully. I look at body movement very carefully. I look at, um, you know, I, 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 I touch because I can feel whether there's more give in a stretch. I can, I, when I'm spotting, I, I spot in a particular way where, you know, if you're good at spotting and I'm not the best, but if you're good at spotting and I can tell I'm good at spotting in, in certain skills because if I tried it on the other side, it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you, you know, you block it, you block your back, standing back, tuck, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're blocking, you're pushing, you're catching, you're doing all these things. And then you're assessing, okay, I can let up on this part. I, I don't have to push so hard. You need to get your, and, and, you know, I will always, I, you know, your effort as a, as a spotter and your kid's effort, who well, the gymnast, whoever, how it would should equal 99%. Because if you spot The person, the the gymnast will do less the next time. And you always want them shooting for more. And so, you know, there's, there's something to that feeling like I'm there to make you feel safe. And it builds a bond of trust. You know, spotting is a huge bond of trust. I mean, I used to spot a lot. I liked spotting. I I really do like spotting um, because it does, it, it. It it helps me understand where they are mentally, and it helps them build the courage to do a skill correctly. Because if they're not if they're scared, they're going to do it. They, there's a possibility that they're going to they're going to compensate mm-hmm. and and learn it with incorrect. You know their technique won't be correct. So um, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of of <clears throat> Of that, and you know, it's funny. Some coaches, (laughs) I know, I'm I'm just weird. I think because some coaches can't stand when kids are like, "Watch me, watch me, watch me." I love that. I love it. I want the kid to say, "Watch me, watch me," because that means they care about what I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not bothering you. I'm. I'm. I'm, It's your job, (laughs) first of all. You know, and what I've learned is some of the things that I did early on that I kind of just absorbed by being in that training environment Um, I've tried to shed, like I, you know, saying, I've told you a hundred times, if you have to, if you say, I've told this kid a thousand times and they're not changing what they're doing or whatever. um, Then maybe, maybe, maybe you should think of a different way to explain it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll catch myself doing that. Well, I'll say I keep, so now what I do instead, and, and it, it happens a lot on zoom. I'm not there to straighten their leg. I'm like, straighten your leg, straighten your leg, straighten your leg, squeeze, squeeze. Okay. Everybody stop. Let's do some squeezing exercises so that they can start to just in isolation, understand how it feels to tighten your muscle in a way that locks your knee.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And that's challenging too you know? So there are a lot of elements that I think people just pick up from when they were coached. And I think reflecting, it it really is a balance. Some of that is good. Some of that, that, that pushing and focus, like, Oh, you're pushing to overcome fear, pushing kids because you know, they can do something and wanting them to do it. There's something to that. And I do have really high standards for my gymnast. My gymnast would say like, you always had, a, like you held us to the highest standard, but you also helped us get there. And I think that that's, it's a balance. It's a balance and you'll find, you know, every coach is different. And they have to, and it's an evolution. Your coaches typically aren't the same. They they evolve as well. Um, but my concern would always be causing harm. I I don't want to cause harm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wanna I wanna help teach kids when when they at the end of the day. What I realize is all the kids who now. They're not kids. They're married. They have, they have children of their own and they contact me. It's never the skills that they remember. They don't remember the skills. They remember how I made them feel. I
1: really hope you enjoyed the first part of my interview with Michelle. In part two, Michelle and I talk more about our coaching philosophy and something that many of us adult gymnasts can relate to. How do you fix skills you didn't learn the right way years or even decades ago? What does that even look like? Part two will be out next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Better Late. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. If you have guest or episode suggestions, send an email to Pod. that's B-E-T-T-E-R-L-A-T-E-P-O-D, at gmail.com.